Turn with me, if you will, to Psalm chapter 116. Psalm chapter 116. You know, um, God has been good to me. He's been good to us. <laughs> but I, You know, I think back to the time period before I was saved and, and how, uh, where I was in my life and, and how, how empty I was, how miserable I was. And I think God kind of allowed all that to happen to prepare me to come to Christ. But um, it was like a door opened up in my life to a whole new way of living when I came to Christ. And um, he brought his joy into my life. And then I think about a few, few years later, uh, I had gone through, through a time where I was kind of bitter at God. I've, I've told you about that before. Uh, and uh, I finally came and, and repented of that and, and got to the place where uh, God was going to call me to my first church to be a minister of music and youth. And I can remember uh, the, after the interview and thinking, God, I, just, I don't know if I'm ready for this, uh, but, um, you know, I, I know that I'm not worthy of this, but, Lord, you are calling me, and, and they feel called as well, and so... Uh, I'm going to be obedient to you and trust you in this. And um, I remember the first night, uh, several things went wrong. People didn't show up that were supposed to do things uh, in my youth service. And so I thought, well, I guess I'll just share my testimony. <laughs> and so I, I share my testimony. And uh, these two young men that God had been working on for, for uh, a long time, they've been pray- the church had been praying for them, and they came to Christ that night. And uh, and there was a for over about two months there were eighteen people in the church that came to faith in Christ and some of them were adults and some of them were teenagers but but God just really did a work and I remember that after that first night um, driving home and just just overwhelmed that God would use me have you ever have you ever felt you know in your heart and your life Lord. It's not much, but you're blessing me for some reason. <laughs> yeah, it, what a wonderful thing. How good is our God? Um, there's nobody that compares to him in goodness. Uh, as God's people, we need to uh, remember that goodness and respond to that goodness in worship and draw, drawing close to him in times uh, uh, of personal devotion. And responding to him in faith and obedience in our lives uh, as a way to respond to, to the goodness in, in our lives. Uh, the psalmist here in, chap, uh, in chapter 116 is going through one of these times in his life where he's just overwhelmed at the goodness of God. And he's, he's remembering back to a crisis in his life. And the, the scripture doesn't really spell out all the details of it. But uh, whatever it was, it was a significant crisis in his life. And he comes to God, and he pours out his heart to God, and God answers him, and he says, Lord, my heart is just so full, I want to respond to you for all the goodness that you've done for me. Now, we all know that there's nothing we could do that could ever, quote, quote, repay God. The gift is too great uh, of our redemption. But we can respond to him in some ways and show him honor and give him glory in our lives the great things that he's done. And so um, that's what I believe we need to do as God's people. And the time of my message is responding to God's goodness. Uh, look with me at Psalm 116 and verse 1. I love the Lord because he has heard my appeal for mercy. 
Because he has turned his ear to me, I will call out to him as long as I live. The ropes of death were wrapped around me. The torments of Sheol overcame me. I encountered trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of Yahweh. Yahweh saved me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is compassionate. The Lord guards the inexperienced. I was helpless and he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, rescued me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed even when I said I'm severely afflicted. In my alarm, I said everyone is a liar. How can I repay the Lord for all his good he has done to me? I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of Yahweh. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The death of his faithful ones is valuable in the Lord's sight. Lord, I am indeed your servant. I am your servant, the son of your female servant. You have loosened my bonds. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of Yahweh. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. In the courts of the Lord's house within you, Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Responding to God's goodness. How do we respond to God's goodness? Well, the first thing we do is to receive him. Receive him. Look at verse 13. I will take the cup of salvation. I will take the cup of salvation. Now, we know... Some people have, have referred to this and said, well, maybe he's offering a drink offering. But I think it's more than that. I, I, I think he's saying, this is a response in my life um, that is significant. I'm receiving God's salvation. But it's more than just receiving his salvation in terms of being saved. Uh, it's receiving his salvation and the full benefits of it. Uh, we were We were talking last Wednesday night about the cup and how it usually in in Scripture, a cup refers to God's wrath, but here it doesn't. Uh, here it refers to the blessing of God, the blessings of salvation. Uh, when I have, um, each night, I go through a ritual. And when I, right before I go to bed, I get me a cup of tea, okay? And I go and I sit, and I, I may read a book, I may watch something on TV, but, but I just kind of chill, you know? And uh, drink my, my tea. But occasionally, one of two things will happen. Either I get distracted by what I'm watching or what I'm reading, and I forget about the tea, or I fall asleep. <laughs> you know. But whatever it is, I, I, the tea is cold. And I've missed my warm tea experience, right? I've left the cup sitting there when I could have enjoyed it. You know, I think many Christians are there. They're, they're, they're saved, they have received God's salvation in that way, but they're not walking in the enjoyment of what God has given them. They're not experiencing all that God has for them to experience. You know, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That, that richness, that fullness of life that comes from relationship with God. That walking with Him in sweet fellowship. Um... It comes, it's developed as we pray, as we spend time in God's Word, but it's also developed through a surrendered heart and taking that time. And, and, and what uh, 
Brother Lawrence called practicing the presence of God uh, as you go throughout your day. But it's a friendship. I, I remember one time when I was, um, I was probably about 12, 13 years old, and I was uh, in some kind of class in church. And, and I remember this lady was sharing with us, he said, God wants to be your friend. And, 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 you know, the Bible does say that. Jesus said, I've not called you servants. I've called you friends. Uh, and, and, you know, I've made known to you the things I'm going to do. And, and, uh, but that was kind of a revolutionary thought to me. And it probably shouldn't have been. I was raised in church. I probably should have heard that at some time or another. But for whatever reason, it, it hit me at that moment. I thought, wow, God wants to be my friend. And... Uh, it, it kind of changed the way that I did my prayer time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's a friendship. It, it's, a, it's a friendship. And so um, we need to take that cup of salvation. Um, it's so easy to get distracted, just like I get distracted with my book or with my television uh, at night. Uh, it's easy to get distracted from the relationship with God, isn't it? And, and things begin to cool off in your walk with Him. Uh, go ahead and grab that cup. Take it. Take a nice, warm, hot, steaming sip <laughs> and enjoy it. Uh, this is your heritage that God has given you as his people. Um, the cup of salvation. Um, you know, one of the things I love about the Apostle Paul is uh, just the way he kind of spontaneously goes into worship. You know, if you read his letters much, He'll be talking about some point, making an argument, and then all of a sudden he just goes into worship and has nothing to do with what he's been talking about. He's just worshiping God. He's, his heart's full. Uh, have you ever been there? Maybe God's answered a prayer, and, or maybe uh, something has happened in your life that's drawn you close again, and you just or your heart's full and it's kind of overflowing, and uh, you're, you're, you're worshiping him. I think God wants that not to be the exception in our life, but to be the rule, just to be filled with him. That's not to say that y'all, you walk around with a fake grin on your face all the time and, and act like everything's okay when it's not. Uh, but it's just to say that there, God wants us to enjoy him. And even in times of difficulty, we can enjoy his presence. So take that cup of salvation. And, and the psalmist says, look, one thing I, I've learned, God, is you're for me. You've answered my prayer. Uh, you've been good to me. Uh, I know you love me. And so I'm going to take advantage of what you've done for me. I'm going to enjoy the full benefits. I'm going to take the cup of salvation. And I know that you will be pleased with that. And I know that I'll benefit from it as well. <clears throat> um, I can remember when Megan was little. Uh, David was more independent. You know, he, was, he had a job. You know, he's, he's going to do something. He's, he's into something. But Megan uh, would come up to me and say, Daddy, can I sit in your lap? And, you know, just melt my heart, you know, get her up. And, and she, you know, she could sit in a little space in my seat uh, in between the, the armrest, and she'd sit there, and it was just neat. I enjoyed it. Um, uh, anyway, she, she wanted a blessing from that, right? She wanted to be with her daddy. But guess what? I got a blessing from it, too. And... Uh, I think that's what God's talking about here, and, and the psalmist is talking about it. He's saying, look, I'm going to take that cup of salvation. It's going to bless me, but I know that it will bless the heart of God, too. 
Do you know God delights in our presence? Uh, he says that we're the apple of his eye. Uh, he, he loves to be with us. Um, after all, he did send Jesus to, to make the way possible for us to enter into his presence, didn't he? So, uh, receive him. Take up that cup of salvation. Uh, receive the full benefits of your relationship to him. That's one way you can respond to God's goodness. So, receive him. Secondly, call on him. Verse 13, he says, I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of Yahweh. I will pray to him. I will call on him. It's, it's not only speaking about his prayer life. But it's speaking about the commitment of his heart. Uh, if you, you remember the story of Abraham, he, God says, go to the land that I'll show you and I'll make you a great nation. He goes and what does he do? He sets up an altar and worships. He sets up an altar and worships. He sets up an altar and worships. You know, at these different stages of his life, it mentions that. There's this ongoing sense of Abraham's calling out to God. He's living in dependence upon God. The psalmist here says, hey, God, you have answered my prayer. You are so good to me. I, I just I see your hand at work in my life. And as a result of that, I am choosing to call on you as long as I live. Matter of fact, he mentions it several times in this chapter. I will call on you. I will call on you. I will call on you. Uh, it's a theme. He says, Lord, because of your goodness, I know that you're for me. And I choose to call on you. Uh, God wants us to call on him. He wants us to uh, come to him, cast all your care on him, for he cares for you. Uh, he wants us to pour out our hearts to him. I think that's one of the reasons the book of Psalms exists, is to show us what that looks like and how to do it. Uh, and so uh, he wants us to call on him. Call on him regularly. Call on him in your quiet time, of course, but call on him throughout the day. And you reach a... Uh, a, a place where you, you have a challenge in your day, uh, breathe a prayer. Say, Lord, help me with this. Give me wisdom. Um, maybe you are uh, a fearful, and you say, Lord, I'm afraid. Lord, will you give me courage to do what's right for you? Um, maybe you are going to minister to someone. Say, Lord, give me wisdom as I minister for you. Whatever it is. Uh, but but this attitude of, I will call on you. Lord, you, you're the one I count on. You're the one I depend on. And, and everything else is secondary to that, uh, my commitment uh, to call on you. And that honors God, right? Because when we call on him, it shows that we're trusting him. Remember what Jesus said with the little widow woman who kept coming? Jesus said, will not God avenge his elect to cry out to him day and night? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So through that persistence in prayer, this woman showed her faith in God. As we call out to God, as we pray to God, we are saying, Lord, I trust you. I know that you can intervene in my circumstances. I know that you can help and provide what I need. And it's a way of honoring God. Our prayer not only helps us, but it shows honor and gives glory to God. So we respond to God's goodness by receiving Him and by calling on Him. I like what Jeremiah said, Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Uh, what a great promise. 
God is waiting for us to call on him. Uh, I, we, we had a, a fellow in Oneida who used to pray, and he used to call God Daddy. I think I've told you all about that before. But it, I remember as a kid, I thought it was kind of weird. I was, I was what is that? You know, and, and, uh, but uh, it really, he had a heart just to call out to God in, in his life, and that just simple dependence on God. That's, that's what we need to have in our hearts is, is this a heart to call on God. So how do you respond to God's goodness? You receive him, you call on him. Thirdly, you obey him. Look at verse 14. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord. Okay? I will fulfill my vows to the Lord. He says this twice. He says it in uh, verse 14. He says it in verse 18. Uh, now, I know that probably... No one in this room has made a vow at any time in your life. A vow is uh, that solemn uh, promise to God that you are going to do thus and so. And um, it's uh, maybe a little bit wiser to let your yes be yes and your, your no, no, because uh, uh, the Bible says that uh, in numbers that God takes no pleasures in, in fools. If you make a vow, you better keep it. <laughs> and so... Uh, uh, but uh, even though that specific thing may not apply to your life, it is true that all of us make a commitment to God when we come to Christ to follow Him, right? Uh, we choose to obey Him, to follow Him in our life. Uh, and we need to fulfill that commitment to obey Him. And what is He saying? He's saying, listen, because of my love for you, I delight to fulfill my vow. Um, you could say, because of, of my love for you, Lord, I delight to obey you. I delight to do what I've told you I'm going to do and, uh, and live for you. Um, did you know obedience is worship? Have you ever thought about that? When I, when I do something in service to God, it's not just something I'm doing because I'm supposed to do it. Okay, If God laid that on my heart to do it. It's also worship. Uh, what did the scripture say? It says, in, in whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might as unto the Lord. Uh, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So that uh, as I sweep a floor at work, as I, uh, as I drive a truck, or whatever it is that I'm doing, I can do it in such a way as to bring glory to God. This is my worship to you, God. It's not just a job, right? It's my worship. Uh, and so it applies to what we do in our secular jobs, but it also applies to what we do in service for him. And so he's saying, I'm fulfilling my vow to you, Lord. I, I want to serve you. I want to obey you out of the love that I and appreciation that I feel toward you for all the good that you've done for me. Um, service is worship. And so uh, the next time you, you're, you're just not, not into it, okay? Have you ever been there? You're just not into your service, whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. um, boy, I wish I was doing something else. I wish I was getting a good nap. I, you know, or I, you know, I wish I was out on the golf course if you're a golfer, whatever it is. Uh, remember this. As I serve God, it's an act of worship. And uh, that let that rise up to him as your offering for his goodness.
so responding to God's goodness, receive him, call on him, obey him, witness for him. Look at verse 14. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Okay. In the presence of all his people. You know what he's saying here? I don't care who sees it. I'm going to fulfill my vows to you, God. He's open in his Christian life. Now, I know we're taught in the New Testament, right? Go into your closet and pray. Uh, do it in secret. Um, fast in secret and, and so forth. Uh, what's the purpose of those scriptures? Well, the purpose is there were a lot of people who were, who were doing these things to be recognized and applauded by men. And it's the wrong motivation to do it. But sometimes we go too far in that direction, and especially because our culture tells us that we're supposed to have private religion. We're not supposed to be open about our religion. We're not supposed to tell other people about Jesus. Our culture has told us that and tries to drill it into our heads every opportunity they get with every sitcom you watch or uh, whatever you see in this world. Well, religion is supposed to be a private matter. No, not according to Scripture. Um. The apostles weren't very private about it, and neither was Jesus. Uh, look, you look at um, the early church, and they, they began to be persecuted in Jerusalem, and they were scattered. And the Bible says wherever they went, they were telling people about Jesus. They were very open. Uh, sometimes a fear of rejection, a fear of, uh, well, how will somebody respond to me if I let them know who I am and, and what my heart is toward God? Uh, can prevent us from being open. But we need to be open. Uh, let's, let's face it. This world has only one hope, and that hope is Jesus Christ. And if we don't let them see it in us, uh, if, if we don't tell them the message about Jesus Christ, they will miss the hope that God has for them. Uh, we need to be open. We need to witness for our faith. And witnessing is worship. You ever thought about that? Um, I mentioned earlier about Paul writing his letters and, and breaking into worship. But a lot of the things that he says are, are, are worship anyway. I mean, you begin to talk about the greatness of God and what his character is, and it's worship. You talk about the gospel. You know the gospel is good news. Sometimes it's it's... Because of fear, because of, uh, of our, our, un, un, our desire not to come across in the wrong way to other people, we forget the gospel is the best news there ever was. That, that somebody who is a sinner and condemned by God uh, to an eternity in hell if they die without Christ can be forgiven, can be adopted into God's very family. Uh, can be given a hope in a future, can be reconciled to have relationship with God, uh, can, can be given uh, eternal rewards for the service, can be given a purpose in life, serving Christ to make an eternal difference. I want to tell you something. The gospel is good news. Once I was dead in my trespasses and sin, but Jesus made me alive. He transformed my heart. He gave me a hope in a future. He changed my destination from hell to heaven. He gave me life 
abundant. He answers my prayers. He's a friend. I want to tell you something. The gospel is good news. And uh, people may not recognize it as such, but it's good news all the same. And as you share the, the good news with other people, what you're doing is you're worshiping God. doesn't matter what they say, how they respond. You're worshiping God. You're telling the great gospel story of what God and his amazing love did for us. And you're worshiping him. He says, he says listen, I'm going to do, I'm going to live my life for God in a very public way. I don't care who knows it. I'm going to let them. You know what, what the Bible says in one place? It says, let them see the reason for the hope that's in you. Uh, don't be afraid to let people know you go to church. Uh, don't be afraid uh, to talk about an answered prayer. Uh, let people know who you are so that when they see the difference in you, they can know the reason for the difference and then let them know about Christ. So uh, witness for him. He says, I'm, I want to respond to you, God. You've been so good to me. I want to let other people know about you. I, wanna, I want them to see my heart for you. Um, when we did the Truth Project a few years back, um, they, they interviewed this guy, um, and uh, he was kind of a scary-looking fellow. He, was, uh, he, he worked in a tattoo parlor, and uh, he uh, uh, would answer these different questions asked him. But when they got toward the end, they asked him, what to you is a true Christian? And you could see his, the hardness on his face changed, and, and he, be, he softened. And he said, I'll tell you what a true Christian is. He said, I've not seen it very often, but he said, and he mentioned this lady's name, when I was a little boy, and we were going through all our, the difficulties in our family and so forth, and, and my dad left us, uh, she came by and brought us food. She came by and, and loved us and, and was there to help however she could. And uh, he said, and, and she invited us to church, and she did all these things. But he said, he said, she was a true Christian. You know what I think he saw in her? He saw somebody who was open about their faith and had the love of Jesus in their heart, and he never forgot it. Here he is, and he's a, he's a man. He, he talked about all the, the things that had happened to him in his life, but there was a bright light in his childhood. There's one Christian lady who loved him and his family and told him about Jesus. And he never forgot it. And years later, he was still emotional as he thought about this woman. Isn't that an amazing thought? Um, as we're obedient to God, he can use us to make a profound difference in the lives of other people. And it brings glory to him. Um, we respond to his goodness by witnessing for him, by showing other people the love of Jesus and sharing the message. So uh, how do we respond to God's goodness? We receive him, we call on him, we obey him, and we witness for him. Uh, just keep your heart of worship and thanksgiving toward him strong. Um, let God use you. Receive all the fullness of the blessing of that salvation that he's given you. Uh, share Christ. Obey him. Uh, continue uh, to call on him in your, in your personal quiet time, but also throughout your day. 
and, and honor him for the great God that he is. And you know what happens? You cannot give God. As you honor him, he will honor you. Let's pray. Thank you. Thank you so much, Father, for um, giving us an opportunity. Lord, we could.